honor the feelings that are coming up, allow them to pass, and then move forward with whatever tasks you need to do in hand. Welcome to a new episode of Most Memorable Journeys. My guest today is my friend, and we've actually met at the, one of those networking events. She came up to me and she talked to me, and when I started talking to her, I felt like I have known her for many years. She's an NLP trainer, a personal mindset mentor, a timeline therapist, a hypnotherapist, a speaker, and a Reiki master. That's a lot. I mean, this woman can fix anybody. Welcome to Most Memorable Journey, Sandra da Silva. Thank you very much, Elizabeth, for having me here and for us to share some time together. And yes, I still remember the day uh, we was at the same event. And when they said your name, uh, we was in conversation and they said you was an NLP master practitioner, I thought this has got to be the lady I want to connect with. And when we did connect, I did feel like I've known you for a long time. It was a very beautiful connection. When you have the same mindset, it doesn't really matter. The distance doesn't matter. It doesn't matter how long you've known each other. You just, you you have this feeling of of, uh, of, of knowing each other or, or, or. It's, a, it's a wavelength. I, that, that's a good thing to start. Let's talk about frequencies. For sure. I mean, frequencies are very vital in our everyday life. Frequency sets the tone of how your day is going to move forward. In NLP, we refer that to a state, but a frequency is like a little ripple effect. When you throw a stone into a pond, it creates that ripple effect. So if you wake up in the morning and you're feeling lousy, that is a signal that you're sending out for the rest of the day. Whereas if you set your frequency to an empowering one, a motivational one, an inspiring one for yourself, then you are able to set how your day is going to go. You're going to feel more uplifted, happier. You'll feel well and peace within yourself. And that will sort of ensure that you have a more productive day as well. When we're feeling a little bit tired and lethargic, which we all do, we're human, there are ways to bring you back and reset that frequency so that you can enjoy the day, so you can have a little bit of fun. Why not? If we have the tools and the capacity to have a fun-filled day and get the results we want and be effective, let's do this. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And I think you said something very important, which is it's normal that you have a little relapse once in a while and that you feel a little, you know, tired or whatever or, or unhappy. The, uh, the, the secret is to be mindful of it and to know that, yes, we're hu- human, of course, once in a while. You know, I, I don't know if you do, but I don't know anybody who is always happy. I'm not always happy, but I know what to do when I feel that this thing is coming that's going to make me unhappy. And I think that's the key, isn't it? Absolutely. It's okay to feel out of sorts feeling tired, it's okay for you just to take time out for yourself and to recognize what is actually going on in your body and to allow itself to express itself through you, not to dim it, diminish diminish it or cast it aside. But hey, I'm having a tired feeling day. I'm going to roll with it. I'm going to be a little bit more gentle on myself. And when I feel energized, I will do the next task rather than persevering and pushing through and tiring yourself out even more. It's not worth it. Honor the feelings that are coming up, allow them to pass 
and then move forward with whatever tasks you need to do in hand. Exactly. And tomorrow is always another day, right? Absolutely. Always start a fresh, a new day. Exactly. So Sandra de Silva is not a Cypriot name. And it's. I know that you have an, a British accent, but and I know that you grew up in the UK, but it, you're not uh, English either. Where are you from? I was born in Portugal, 100% Portuguese. Uh, both of my parents are Portuguese. And at a very young age, I moved to the UK where I had my schooling and my first job. And in the UK, I was working for a financial institution in the corporate world. And that's where I've got my English accent from. It wasn't until many years later I moved out to Cyprus and continued working in the corporate world to then follow through to what I'm actually doing today. So my origins are originally 100% Portuguese. I'm very proud of that. Are you connected to Portugal? Do you go there? I do. I do. At least once or twice a year, I go over. I have family. I love spending time in Portugal. I love reconnecting back to um, Portugal, the food, the cakes, and of course, just seeing places which have meaning to me that bring back positive memories and makes me really happy. I remember doing this with my parents when I was younger or going here. So it gave me great joy whenever we was visiting family or going for holidays to take my own children there so they could experience the the beauty of Portugal. And it's so multicultural. There are so many things you can do and visit. Highly recommend everybody take a trip to Lisbon. It's beautiful. I love Portugal. I used to go there when I was working for the police and I never knew Actually, I remember the first time I went to Lisbon, I didn't even want to go, I had, you know, because I, I had no connection to Portugal. And it was a real eye opener, as you say, beautiful people. And, and mm-hmm. uh, you know, another thing that really, really impressed me because I was used I was used to going to Spain a lot. Everybody in Portugal speaks English, contrary yep. to people in Spain. And did you know, because I've been uh, studying and doing some work about digital nomads, Portugal is one of the most popular places for digital nomads at the moment. Yes, it is. It's become very popular over the last few years. And uh, while traveling backwards and forwards, I've met several people who have chosen Portugal um, to do their digital nomad work because there is so much to experience. I mean, if you go to Lisbon, you'll there's the old part where it's all cobblestones and the streets are so close together. You'd see the ladies having a conversation from uh, balcony to balcony. And then there's the modern side. That's new architecture coming through. There is new way of thinking and doing and being in Portugal. So it's very, very unique that it's called so many people to actually go settle there and work from there. So, yes. It's great to see it's expanding. Yeah, I think the Tourism Board of Portugal should give us a little token here for all the advertising that we have just been doing, right? I totally agree. (laughs) (laughs) So then you grew up in the UK and um, you ended up in Cyprus. You ended up being in the corporate world and you worked for 30, did you say 30? Did I read 30 years? Yeah. Almost 30 years in the corporate world with financial institutions. Um, When I was back in the UK, I started from a very junior position, worked my way up the ladder to senior management, just experiencing 
the hierarchy, how it works, putting the work in, putting the effort in, and along the way meeting so many diverse people, different backgrounds, different religions, different cultures, different belief systems more than anything, and how when you say one thing which you believe is quite normal can actually be misconstrued and taken in a different way. So, you know, it's given me a lot of insight into people's behavior, how they think, how they are. Um, So it was a great foundation to meet a lot of people and interact. So I built my career as in the corporate world, working for this financial institution before that closed down. Yeah. So that closed down and you were at the point where you weren't so well. You were at the point where maybe many people who are listening to us are today. You know, there's sometimes we get to a point where everything really, where nothing really works, where you feel like, what am I going to do? And um, I think that's the point where you need somebody like Sandra De Silva. What did you do? I was uh, literally, when the financial institution closed down, that was a very, very low point in my life. And I did question what am I going to do? What's the point of this? I had an inclination, but I had no support network. And that was a big factor. I did actually find myself a coach. I talked it through with a coach. Uh, we put into, we did goal setting. We worked on the mindset. What do you want? I mean, I went from a very dark place. I was quite ill at the time as well. And it wasn't an overnight transition. It didn't happen overnight. I had to work on one piece of myself at a time. First of all, was getting my health back up to speed. So that was the first priority, getting my health. And once my health was better and I was more mobile, I could then say, okay, now I'm ready to work on my career, what I want to do, how do I want to live? Who am I? What do I want? What do I like? Where do I want to see myself moving in the future? So I was very blessed to find an amazing coach to work alongside me and direct me, guide me, motivate me and inspire me and see that this was just a phase I was going through. It was a journey. And at the end, it's up to you how you want it to to be. So then Through that process, I identified for sure 100% that becoming a coach myself was what I wanted to do. I always helped people. I was always a very people person. Even in the corporate world, I was a trainer. And I was always uh, listening. I was the agony aunt, if I can say that. At one point, I turned into the agony aunt for where I was working. So taking that in, I was like, well, I've seen how powerful coaching is. It's only right for me. And it felt so aligned, so congruent. Yes, I want to give back and help other people put their lives together after maybe going for a traumatic journey, a traumatic divorce or a traumatic separation or whatever else has gone through, they've gone through in their lives. So that's when I decided to go down this avenue. But it started from me getting my coach, working through my issues, my problems, my trauma, and seeing the potential. The thing about going this way and working through things, because I'm doing something very similar to you, and I have learned one thing that I actually, with every client that I have, with every person that I work with, 
I work as well. I work on myself as well because there is, I don't think we ever finish. There's no, you never get to the point where you say, oh, now I'm really well. You know, everything in my life is really okay. There is always something, isn't there? Because, you know, the idea is not what happens, but how we react to it. What What, what is your take on that? I totally agree. Um, at the beginning of my journey, working with people and coaching people, I always found that my clients came to me with a similar situational problem that I had been through so I could help them, but also something that I needed to work on. So we were both helping each other, both working alongside to support and motivate, helping me understand more clearly and better my trauma or problem or challenge and helping them at the same time. And when we have that, it's so impactful. You can really see the shift happening almost in front of you. I think that's one of the most beautiful moments, I think. And I always feel like I would like to, okay, now we do a lot of work on Zoom, but I also see people here. And um, I, I sometimes say, I feel like I would like to film them when they come and I would like to film them when they yeah. go because they walk more upright. It's this real, the shift yeah. as it happens. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty, the beauty about being, doing what we do. That's the reward. I totally agree. I mean, at the beginning of a client's journey, they tend to walk in shoulder slumped, a little bit heavy, very subdued, and their coloring in their face is different. And after the second, third session, they're walking like a feather, holding them up and they're upright and their shoulders are back. They're glowing. Yeah. You can really see that. And it makes me feel so proud to have assisted them because at the end of the day, we as a coach help them, guide them. They do the internal work. They do the, the work to get to where they want to be and to witness and be part of that transformation is absolutely priceless. Yeah. You know, it's amazing to see somebody flourishing, absolutely flourishing. Yeah, and there is potential in every single person. But sometimes I wonder, you know, it take how how long it takes. And I ask them sometimes, how long did it take you to actually decide to come and see me? Some people think about it for a year, or I don't know for how long, until they pick up the courage to do something about it. And I think that's a real shame. It is. Unfortunately, is the human conditioning. We have to be in such a pain state a painful state so painful that we can't bear that anymore and that is when most people take action they cannot stand being in that environment or in that energy field the thing about going to see somebody the thing about going to the doctor you know we go to the doctor quite quickly when you have something admitting that our mental health is in danger or is in 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 a we have a problem is a taboo still i think and many people are ashamed to go and see somebody to get help for their soul it's very true um we don't really have a culture where we're so open to say we need help we need assistance especially when it comes to mental health yet that is such a priority when we are seeking to get more fit we easily find a gym, we go to the trainer and we seek out their assistance. 
Even when we want to reduce our weight and get fit, we go to a nutritionist. But it's still very taboo to say, hey, I'm not feeling great. Things are not working well for me. My mind is a little bit cloudy. It's foggy. I feel I'm missing something. People are not so upfront and saying, I need help. Mm -hmm. I need assistance. It's actually such a brave act to say and put their hand up. I can't do this on my own. Mm -hmm. I need somebody to guide me. And that takes an enormous amount of bravery and courage to do. And while that's amazing, it should also be second nature when our mental health is suffering for us to say, right, I'm not feeling very clear or uh, I've got my brain fog. Let me find somebody who's qualified to assist me in helping me through this. We easily find a doctor for the heart for a variety of illnesses, but we should also find the right person to help us through our mental challenges and our mental health. Yeah, there's always a pill though, isn't there? And I think that is that is unfortunately a little bit of a habit that, you know, a medical doctor who has somebody in front of him or her and they say that I'm feeling a little depressed, people that they give them antidepressants very quickly. Mm. And that is one thing that then we end up fixing or or not fixing because yes. they're very addictive. And, and um, I always tell people, Asking for help is a sign of strength and not a sign of weakness. And I think whoever is listening to this, get help. It, you know, and sometimes all you need, you don't, sometimes you just need one hour. I have seen people who came to see me and it's just, it, it, it was like a little bit of a knot and we untied that knot and it was fine. You know, sometimes people yeah. just need to hear a few things. Now, I heard something before you were calling yourself the agony aunt. Yes. There are also people who love to suffer, you know, and, and I think I want to talk a little bit about victimhood. Mm, absolutely. Well, there's always a secondary gain to being in victimhood. There are people who use victimhood intentionally to remain within that because they may get family members to look after them, to bring them food, take them out doing this, and they enjoy the attention that they're receiving while they're in victimhood. There are other occasions where you just fall into it due to circumstances, due to environment, and you're not always sure how to get out. But once you've seeked out that help, you can then change how you see yourself, empower yourself. But unfortunately, there are still too many people who enjoy being within the receiving the attention because it's a secondary gain. However, on the flip side of the coin, it comes to a point where enough is enough. Where do we stop? Where do you draw the line? When you find that people no longer come to give you the attention, give you the care because they're busy taking care of their lives or whatever they may be doing, when do you stop and say to yourself, okay, now it's time for me to actually empower myself, take my power back and move out of where I am? Yeah. And uh, yeah, that's, that is so true. And I think also when you are in, in a victimhood state, 
you have no control. You are sitting on the passenger seat. So is that what you want? Because I sometimes feel like saying to people, "Is that? do you really want people to feel sorry for you? I would never want people to feel sorry mm-hmm. for, for me. Well, very rarely. Sometimes I do. But it's, <laughs> it doesn't happen very often. Now, on that list, on that long list of stuff that you do, there are different kinds of therapies. You have, you're a hypnotherapist, you're a Reiki, you're a timeline therapist, and so on, NLP. When somebody comes to you, how do you decide which method you are going to apply? When working with any client, I look at them holistically. It doesn't mean one or the other. I will apply all the tools, all my knowledge, all my experience that I've gained with working with that client. There is a process where we will talk through what's going on, what are their limitations, what belief systems they have, what are their values. It will be like an exploratory dialogue. And through that, um, I will determine how we move forward. At the end of the day, the session is the client's. I have the tools that they need, and we will work together deciding the best path forward. But literally, I use all of the techniques and all of the tools in all of the sessions, depending on what the client wants. So we take a holistic approach to the outcome that they want to actually receive. Perfect. So it may be that you end up doing something completely different to what the client expected initially because it's what they need. You know what they need. Yeah, it's a joint process. It's a journey that we walk along together. We talk about what the outcome is that they want and we will discuss, well, we all do maybe a timeline therapy first to remove um or the fear, or the sadness, the guilt, and the hurt, and the sad and, and sadness. We'll start with a blank canvas because all great uh, painters always start with a blank canvas. Then we'll take it from there. We may do a little bit of goal setting. We may then do a little bit of belief work, which is vital to make sure you believe in yourself. You have the self confidence, the self esteem, um, and then work through what areas of their life they want to improve, whether it be the financial, the career, their relationships. We always also work with their relationship with themselves because that's vital in order for them to see who they are, how powerful they are, how great they are. And then we will journey through each session together. Yeah, I think your relationship with yourself is one of the most important because you're actually, you're the one who is going to stay with yourself until the end. You know, people come and go. If you don't get on with yourself, then you're you're in trouble. It is. How can people find you? How, how, where, where is, uh, do you have a website? What's the best way to get in touch with Sandra Da Silva? We're not at the end yet, but I'm, I just, it's just because I can't remember the other question. I'm sort of (laughs) diverting. (laughs) (laughs) Anybody who resonates with our conversation today and would like to give me a call, I do have a website, which is Sandra Da Silva. I'm on Facebook. Instagram and LinkedIn. So anybody who wants to see my client testimonials, go to my website. It's there. Everything I do is on social media. So you can easily find me um, on any of the social media platforms. 
And I remembered what I wanted to talk about in the meantime. I want to talk to you about meditation because you have some beautiful meditation. I think I'm not sure if you if you're still doing it uh, live or you used to do it live or did you record it? But are you still guiding meditations? I did do guided meditations live, which was absolutely magnificent and powerful. And then unfortunately, with uh, the lockdowns, I took the meditations online, just as powerful. The connectivity between the group was phenomenal. I do believe in meditation. It's a great way for us to center ourselves, to become aligned. And meditation is really just a way for us to still our mind and allow the creativity, allow answers that we are seeking to come through. We have such busy lives. We don't stop to take a deep enough breath and just to listen and to be present. When we're saying to ourselves, um, when's this going to happen? When's that going to happen? I want this. I want. Well, there are signs and signals coming to you constantly. But if your mind is overfilled, how are you going to listen to that coming through? How are you going to see the signs? So although I did do the meditations live and then online through through Zoom, it's not something that I'm doing anymore. Uh, when working with my clients, I do do personal meditation recordings for them for their specific topic, which they are looking to work further and deeper on. Uh, and I do thoroughly enjoy the meditations. Yeah, and I think um, meditation is something that many people totally misunderstand. People think that you have to sit like a like a, like a Buddha for for an hour in a place, and uh, of course, nobody can imagine to actually sit somewhere for a place uh, for an hour. I think it's important to understand what you said before. Meditation is just stilling your mind, giving your mind yeah. a break, and letting the light in for a minute. And I don't, you know, you don't have to start, start small, start with a few minutes and then, mm -hmm. you know, do a little more. And I, I, what you said as well is how are you going to recognize opportunities? Because life is all about opportunities. I believe that we all have the same amount of opportunities, but most people yeah. don't recognize them because they're too busy. Correct. Absolutely Correct. When the opportunities come forward and you're busy, your mind's busy or you're in overwhelm and overdrive, I should say, and things come towards you, you'll miss out on that opportunity. If you just take five minutes in the morning, even while you're brushing your teeth, just to close your eyes, center yourself, take a few deep breaths, set your intention for the day and just be still. It literally is just about being still. And then you can increase that. It isn't like you said about being in a, a Buddha pose for an hour or so. Yes, great. If you can do it. However, we do have busy lives. So even if it's five or 10 minutes of a morning, that practice will really start to calm the mind down and you will be able to notice those opportunities coming in for you which is what you're searching for. Absolutely, absolutely. And a little bit of gratitude in the evening also helps. Absolutely. That's another thing that we often forget. Instead of worrying about what we don't have, it's also important to appreciate what we do have. And now we are coming towards the end. We're already more than half an hour in here. What is your best tip, 
life coach tip that you can offer for people who are listening? What's the secret to a happy life, Sandra da Silva? Lots of laughter and lots of fun. Be humorous, laugh a little bit, tap into what it was like to be laughing, running through the sand, going to the sea. Just bring some light, lightness and happiness and laughter into your life every single day. It's free. It costs nothing. Have a very good giggle once in a while with your, your friends. It's an amazing, um, I'm going to say medicine for the soul. I think that's a perfect ending to a perfect podcast episode. Thank you so much for being on Most Memorable Journeys today, Sandra da Silva. Thank you so much for having me, Elizabeth. It's been a real pleasure talking with you. If you enjoy my podcast, please like, share and subscribe to my channel. You will find all the information in the show notes.